Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, the place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey. Good afternoon. And together we hope to educate, inspire, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment. Today's episode is just me and Joey, and I haven't even warned him what we're going to be talking about on today's show, and here's why. And and this is the first time. (laughs) Just so everybody knows, this is episode, what, 90? Yeah. Something like that? Joey's going in really cold. So so we take this podcast, at least I take this podcast very seriously. As do I. And I like to know, you know, be a little prepared. So when I sound like a dingus today, just no. keep that in mind. Here's the thing. I was recently in conversation with a friend who shared a podcast. And I will give all the credit where credit is due near the end of the show, but I don't want to... Um, offer that information yet because I don't want you to have any preconceived notions. I'm going to start out with one question. Joey, this Mm. is a question for you. Do you, in general, believe that people are doing their best? Hmm. Do I believe people are doing their best? My gut reaction response to that is no. Mm -hmm. However, elaborate. So, so my, my, my very first brain response to that, not gut, is to ask you what you mean by that. So when a friend asked me this, I said, hell no. <laughs> I was emphatic. Hmm. I said, absolutely not. I think that in general, people tend to become complacent. I mean, if you've ever read The Comfort Crisis, you know this is true. Da, 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 da. And I went on and she looked at me with most grace-filled eyes and was like, I have a podcast for you. I think though, because I think I'm uh, you're, this. This is going to go down this rabbit hole of me being wrong, which is fine. But when I think of someone doing their best, I define best as their full potential. Mm, mm-hmm. Right, and so when I see somebody that's not performing what I would call their best, I'm not saying that I think it's a mental decision that they don't care. I. Well, I think that can happen and does happen frequently. I also believe, I, at least I don't believe people are doing their best on a regular basis, not only because they don't want to, but also because they lack um, training, mm-hmm. education, inspiration, momentum, okay. things like that. So let me, let me ask you the question this way. In general, do you think people are doing the best they can with the tools they currently have? Mm. See, that's a better way to ask that. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm thinking about it differently. But now that I know the punchline, I'm thinking about it critically as well because I don't want to say the wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. But the best they can with what they have, I'd still say no. Okay. So I was falling in that camp too. And I listened to a podcast that's actually over a year old. And um, it's by Brene Brown, who... Uh, I don't usually consume her content, but this particular podcast is discussing this concept of what is it like if you live your life assuming those around you are doing the best they can with the tools they currently have. Hmm. Not saying there's not room for growth, not saying they can't become better at what they're doing, not saying that they are living their full potential as if they have all of the tools in their toolbox already. But in the very moment that they are interacting with you is that their very best that they can with the tools they currently have. And as people who come from this side of the question where it's either like a hell no or a no, I don't think they're doing that, like you were saying, the interjection there and the kind of uncovering there can be a level of uh, she 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 talks about this concept and brings in the term self-righteousness and so i can definitely see where that can well up in my own heart for sure but as i'm thinking about this in terms of our community which is why i'm bringing it up on the podcast i really wanted to ask the question more broadly because if you have to answer the question Think of, think of whoever you want to in your head right now. Mm. So-and-so is definitely not doing the best they can. They're doing this, this, this. They're making bad decisions. I know they can be doing better here. Okay. What if they, that is the best they can do in the moment with the tools they have currently? What does that mean for you? So this is a theoretical situation. So whether that's actually true, 
the practice you're suggesting is that I should consider what if they are doing the best that they can. Yeah. And so this is how this dialogue goes. Even if they're not doing the best they can, mm-hmm. we it's, should consider that they are. It's really not even about them. It's about your own heart. Okay. And this is what this is what I'm unearthing from this this episode and this concept and this idea and how it applies to folks on their real food journey. Mm. Okay, so if I'm thinking of someone who is maybe making decisions I wouldn't make and I feel like they know better, da, 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 mm-hmm. I might have to grieve the loss of my reality for their life okay if i say if i accept the fact that they're that's the best they can do that Mm -hmm. might make me really sad because it might be like wow that's where their current tools tap out okay i might have to face some grief in that moment i might have to face some shifting of expectations of that person i might also have to change the way i interact with that person because if i'm continually going to that person frustrated and resentful and annoyed and mad that they're making the same dumb decision over and over again and i can't understand why they're not more action oriented in this area I need to actually set boundaries in in the relationship for myself because once you kind of come to this acceptance that that's the best they can with the tools they have, then the next question is, how can we equip them better? And I think that if we're talking to people on a real food journey, one of the pieces of this tagline of this podcast is to equip people in their pursuit of nourishment. I think a shift in your assumption about people is not that they're just simply not action oriented or they're simply not doing the best they can. I think a shift is how can we give them better tools so that their best can continue to progress and grow. So through that, we're assuming a desire for better. So so, so they're doing the best they can with what they have. So if we assume they're doing the best they can with what they have, regardless if that's a re- reality or actually true, mm-hmm. but in order to adjust our own way of thinking or approach towards that person mm-hmm. so that we approach them in less of a, I guess the, the whole mission of what you're saying is, is that we shouldn't approach people in a judgmental way, assuming that they can just do better. Exactly. And what they could what they could need is a different approach of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I would say, yeah, that makes sense to me. However, I, for some reason, I don't like how it's worded. But that, that's probably my own pride, my own issues. I just don't like this assume they're doing the best they can with what they have. And it, rather than I like, I, I feel like I can easily say, wow, they're definitely not doing the best they can with what they have. And my approach being judgmental is not going to help them. Like I'd, I'd almost rather say it that way because I, 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 I have a heart for people that are struggling. And maybe, maybe they're, they can't get the, 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 the momentum going because they haven't seen a win and they need an easy win. And all of the wins that maybe I would expect somebody to be able to do are really challenging, take a long time. You don't see progress for, you know, months and months and months of effort and, Whereas, you know, they need to go out and like buy produce, run a 5K, run half a mile. I was going to say a 5K is a long stretch. Walk. Right. They need like something. Like they need something. I agree with, I agree with the, the logic of what you're talking about. But for some reason, the way it's worded, it, it almost sounds somewhat abrasive towards people that, that are doing well is almost like a, it's almost like a shot, like a, Hey, don't like you should, you you don't know everything. It's like, I would agree with that, but it's almost like we're trying to look at people that are, that are, it's worded in a way that we're looking at people that are hustling on a regular basis and saying, Hey, everyone's working just as hard as you are. But that's not, they're just not equipped like you are. That's not, and I don't like that. That's not the point of the question. Okay. Okay, here's but the But do you point. see how I, 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 could, I could potentially feel that way? It's almost like okay, here's everyone's th- working as hard as Joey Hazelmeyer, but you can run a marathon and this person can't because okay. they don't have the same shoes that you do. Like yeah. that, would, that would bother me. Yeah. Okay. 
there's your there's your self righteousness. There it is. Out. I know. It's so there. It, so listen, because you might find yourself chewing on this question, and I'm so happy I didn't preface Joey because I want him to like get all this out because it's it's an emotional processing to ask yourself this question. I'll give you the example though that she talks about, and she brings up the parable in the Bible where uh, a guy is harvesting his vineyard. And he, he gets a bunch of workers and he's like, hey, here's your daily pay. It's going to be awesome. Da, da, da. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, sweet. That's really mm-hmm. fair wage. Awesome. One person works an entire day, gets paid a, 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 a let's lump call sum. It, let's call it a shekel. Another person gets works for an hour and is called in last minute, gets mm-hmm. paid a shekel. And yep. the person that worked the whole day is really frustrated that the person that worked an hour got paid the same amount that they did, even though they agreed to the terms originally. Exactly. And so the point of that parable is to say, I'm sure there's many So which one am I? Am I the guy that worked all day? You're the guy that worked all day in this instance. But listen, the point of this parable and the comparison of these two is to say that the, the original wage given to these people was accepted as a fair wage. And someone else receiving the fair wage or God's grace or whatever else thing, whatever other thing you want to insert there doesn't take away from the fact that uh, Joey Hazelmeyer got to run a marathon or that Joey Hazelmeyer runs and, and lifts and is a high performer and does all these other things. It's not, are, is everyone working as hard as you? It's, are people doing the best they can with the tools they currently have? And what that does is makes you be, it, it forces you to look into their reality and not assume that they are setting out every day to fail, mm. but that their tools are more limited or they it gives you a clear picture of their best currently in that moment mm. okay so when i um yell at my kids more than i want to is that the best i can and in, in that moment yeah it's the best i can because i i have not that's a problem it's mm. not saying that their best is is okay it's asking the question is that the best they can do in that moment mm. and then you reflect on that and say is that is that what I want my best to be? No, absolutely not. I don't. What tools do I need? Well, the 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 conversation of boundaries plays in here because then you realize the tools I need to be less overstimulated is to set better working hours, is to set my priorities straight, is to realize my conversations and interactions with my kids are more important right now than getting this email sent out, okay? Mm-hmm. So then I now go into that situation the next time with better tools and better boundaries and a better heart space and a more filled cup. And then I can do the best I can and that looks different from how it did last week. Hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, it's all making sense to me. I'm going to push in a little bit though because, and I'd, I'd love to have Dr. Brene Brown here to talk to her about it as well because I'm like, Okay, I understand that parable and it makes a lot of sense to me. It's about being content with decisions you've made. Okay, but that comes down to decisions you've made. Mm -hmm. So in this example that I gave, I made a decision to to sacrifice sleep, comfort, money, these sorts of things to nourish myself, to, to work myself and to perform differently. Therefore... In, in my example, I worked all day, but I got to run the marathon, okay? And the example that I gave was people looking at me running the marathon or me looking at people that can't run the marathon, vice versa. But there's somebody that's not, that doesn't have what I have, right? So if I were to say they're not doing the best that they can, I would say that, well, they didn't train enough. Well, they didn't, they didn't watch their diet enough. They weren't hydrating enough. They weren't researching, you know, running form enough to achieve the results or the goal that they wanted. So you have to have a goal of results or something that you're looking to achieve, right? And so the assumption that was there is that they have the desire, like I have the desire. So in this, in the overall arching homegrown podcast, desire is, is a more nourished life, right? We, we all desire that, a real food journey, wherever you are on that journey, right? You're, maybe you're just starting it and it's, it's, it's difficult, or maybe you're deep into this thing and you're just getting tired. Mm, yeah, I can feel that. But what doesn't track with me is I'm not envious of anybody else. If I just don't think they're doing enough or doing good enough with what they have, 
let's say it's my self-righteousness, which I think is very likely very present. And I would need to work on that for sure. But then, then in that scenario, it would be that I worked all day, they worked all day, and I got paid more. And I think that these people can do better and that they are somewhat resentful of me. You don't ever feel resentful towards people who, who you don't think are doing their best. No. Why would I? Because more often than not, the people that are not doing their best are not getting the most out of life. Therefore, fulfillment for me is not in doing little. Mm-hmm. So, so not doing is not fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Doing is fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Earning isn't fulfillment. I mean, you can earn. Great. I'm not, I'm not envious of... Some days I'm like, man, I wish I had, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I got a budget and whatever. So I guess you could call that desire of some capacity. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, uh, I'm not looking, at, I'm certainly not looking at people that, that don't do a lot and thinking, man, I wish I had had their life. No, and I don't think that's, that's the point. I think for, and maybe you don't fall in this category, and I think that's good. But I think for some of us, you can walk through life and feel like you are really trying to do the best you can. And and I think it falls for harder on people who are incredibly um, self-critical, really, really hard on themselves, okay, which comes out of a, a not only pride, which seems like it doesn't match up there, but it does, and then also just a devaluing of your own personal worth. Let's if that's back. not something that you struggle with, Let's use a scripture that that I feel like I relate to the most, right? There's this idea of evangelism, okay? And this thought of, if if we're going back to scripture, kind of examples, right? The good news. If I believed that the good news of there being a, a higher power or someone that can save us in some capacity from a miserable afterlife or what have you. It would not make me want to hold that and keep it to myself and look at people that haven't figured it out and be like, man, they're just not figuring it out. Contrarily, right? And I'm going to go back to real food now. There's, there are some really powerful, like worldly things about food, nutrition, how to treat our our bodies, how to work out, be active, that I feel as though we have worked hard to discover on earth, talking to tons of people, learning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also practicing and, and, and ex- having firsthand experience on how they affect us and help us. And I'm just, I just want to tell everybody about it. So if I see somebody underperforming or not doing the things that I have learned, I want them to, to benefit from working an hour and getting paid the shekel. Mm-hmm. At this point, most people that are listening to this podcast have not put in the whole day of work that I've put in to learn all the things that we have learned here in our, for our family. Because we're condensing it down and putting it into long-form content that they can listen to while they drive to Starbucks, mm-hmm. right? So people can literally listen to us talking as we articulate information that we've curated over years so that people can make changes in their life today. We have tried and and failed and tried and failed and tried and succeeded and then failed again so that we can help somebody just skip all those failures. So for me, that would that that is what I'm doing today. So for the example of, man, someone worked an hour and got a shekel and I worked a day and got a shekel, that's that's what I'm hoping for. See, but you're talking about equipping them with tools. Or whatever they need. It doesn't even have to be tools. It could be inspiration. Yeah. It could be the education. It could just be, you know, whatever it is. But like that evangelical kind of approach of, man, I've got some good news. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So here, this is this is where, uh, this is a good example for me, just to give you some insight into how my brain works. Am I just way off topic here? No, you're right on. Okay. You're just, you've, you, I feel like you passed the, uh, the part where you get frustrated at either yourself or other people. So- you never I, get frustra- I get frustrated there. with myself. I'm never like fully content. I always want, okay. I always believe we can get better. Yeah. But I would say is like, do you get, do you feel frustrated with just other people? Listen, okay. I'm about to tell you. Okay. Okay. Um, for years, years, I was, I carried a chip on my shoulder 
chip might still be a little bit there. I'm working on it. Mm. In regard to whenever I felt like I thought people knew better and chose a bad choice. Mm. So for years, I would fight with my parents about food. I would be frustrated by their food choices. And we, I mean, we covered that in an episode where my mom and I hashed out, listen, we, we did not have a good relationship. Hmm. We have a wonderful relationship. She's one of my best friends today. But that was not always the case. And I walked into those relationships with an unbelievable amount of self-righteousness and also the assumption that she wasn't doing the best she could. Hmm. And instead, if someone had stopped me back then and said, Liz... She's doing the best she can with the tool she currently has. Instead of you need to be continually resentful every time you go into that house or every time mm. you leave a conversation or every time you, you get frustrated and cross your arms and say, I just don't understand why they're not changing. Even if they could do better, your heart towards that person can only stand to benefit if your assumption is that they are doing the best they can with their current tools. And then that would have driven me to say, how can I come alongside of her and equip her and give her the tools that she needs? Okay, or someone at the grocery store who has a cart full of just absolute garbage. And mm -hmm. I think to myself, how could you ever, ever think that that is normal and, and good? Instead of me saying, wow, they are just absolutely choosing to tank their health. Mm. I can assume that they're doing the best they can with the tools they have because I also can understand, oh yeah, what do we talk about on this podcast all the time? The realities of the influence of this massive food industry, the confusion of dietary mm -hmm. advice, mm -hmm. the advice given to them from, from their doctor telling them not to eat butter but to eat margarine mm -hmm. instead. Mm -hmm. Okay, the... Uh, marketing commercial that comes on during their kid's cartoon for the sugary cereal that now their kid is begging them to have and they just want to make them happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are all of the things that I threw out the window and I would look at the person and blame the person. I don't know mm -hmm. these people. That's good. I, and I, I like what you're talking about because I agree with that. Having some empathy for people is, is, is key empathizing with where they are currently what is what is their current reality and we can still be action oriented to pull them out of that current and i would reality. say from a leadership perspective it's, it's you know um what starting with what is our desire what is our objective why are we looking at someone's grocery cart and and feeling a certain kind of way and if your desire because I, I so i think there can be a negative desire if your negative desire is to be right, like that, that's negative, right? Mm -hmm. if, if your desire is to be correct or to win, if you have some kind of competition mindset of, you know, I'm right, they're wrong. Right? Because there's some of that going on with this world. Yeah, of, there's a lot of food. Mm, there's a lot of that going on. There, you know, we get the messages. All right, y'all. We get the messages of people that, that um, I don't know, all kinds of things that they don't like about us. And that's not my desire. And so for me, it's whenever people send me like the hate mail, it's hilarious. And I love it. I kind of I kind of think it's funny. And it doesn't bother me at all because I don't feel that way. I don't need to be right. I'm not I don't care. I'm not trying to win something. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to win anything. I, my true desire is for people that would be willing to accept it, which I, as many as possible is, is what I hope for. Can do something better for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's my desire. My desire is that if I see somebody in the, in, in, in the grocery store that's, you know, um, rolling out with whatever, right? I guess I don't. I don't go to the grocery store. Yeah, I was going to so say. I, so this is a bad example. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, or a friend of mine that's you know talking to me like Joey, man, I, I got to stop going out to eat. It's like cool. Like they're coming to be saying that, and so then my desire for them is, yeah, I want to help you. Come over, work out with me. I'll make you food. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll show you how I eat lunch. I do this all the time. People text me, where do you want to go out to eat? Like, you, know, you can come to my office. You want, I'll cook us, I'll cook us lunch mm -hmm. all the time. Now, not too many people take me up on it, but it happens. And they'll come out and be like, you want to cook for me? Like, they're so confused. Like, lunch? Like, dude, I just want to pop out and grab like a sandwich. I just want to pop out. I'm like, no, just show up, bro. I got, I got you. I show up to the office. 
cook up a little little food, get them rolling. They're like, this is amazing, <laughs> right? And it's like, it takes me like 30 seconds, right? It's easy. But it's 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 this leading by example kind of way that I like to, to help people. And then let them experience it. Mm-hmm. How does it feel going out of your lunch today, not having eaten like a cheeseburger and fries with a Diet Coke? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? It's like, wow, you feel way better. That's surprising, isn't it? That you can you can feel differently that quickly. The results of changing the way you treat yourself don't have to be forever, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm not losing weight. I don't care. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Do you feel terrible mm-hmm. or do you feel better? And it's like everyone's different. So, right, get some education. That's what we're doing here to give people education and inspiration, right? And then go out there and figure it out for yourself. Not everybody's going to be the same. So that's my desire. So I think for, for with this tension of feeling possibly better than someone else or were, I mean, that's how I'm getting the sense here. This, what you call it? Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. Yeah. Start with what your desires are. What is, what, what is your desire? Is your desire to be right or to win or to push someone down and put, lift you up? Cause that's not it. And, and this is a, a point you just mentioned too, which is really important is that you don't care if you're right now. You don't want to spread bad information. No, but I'm not. I'm not there to win. You're not there to win the, the argument. argument, or or like, you know, get into some Instagram comment thread argument with someone that has, you know, put some kind of profile name up of weeding through the BS or something, right? These people that just have 50 followers and just <laughs> troll all day long or the, or the, or the doctors, the guy that, that takes my post that will take, you know, posts and, and put himself talking over it about how we're killing people mm-hmm. or these sorts of stuff. Like man, that stuff happens. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry if we've really upset you, but uh, it was a raw milk post. I mean, I'm not surprised, but but to your point, you're saying you don't you don't need to, to win the fight. And and another example given in that podcast is um, her relationship with her father. He makes a comment on something she's doing parenting wise. She doesn't specify. She doesn't say. But in her attempt to set boundaries, she says, "Hey, I really love that you're invested in the well being of my children. I really value that. Thank you. Um, I don't want your correction in this specific area i don't know what that was for her she doesn't specify but she's saying that's one of the ways that she sets a boundary to avoid the assumption that her dad is just out to get her that he's just trying to piss her off that he's just trying to make her mad no she she recognizes she's on the other side yeah and she recognizes yes that well she's trying to communicate to him hey i'm doing the best i can so if you're being the one that's being corrected but she's also assuming that he's doing the best he can and that he just didn't okay. know that that boundary so was if there. Everybody assumes that everybody's trying to do the best they can, or if everybody's desires are for, you know, positive gains, which they should be. And here's the kicker, though. She says, "If I wasn't confident in whatever parenting paradigm that was about, I could not have done that. My immediate response would have been defense. Oh, yeah. If I wasn't confident in the way that we fed our kids or mm-hmm. approached their health and well-being." then your initial response is going to be defensive. And yeah. if you think about it, and th- and this plays into social media so much, right? Like, I- I'm going to be really honest and say, sometimes I get DMs that are out of this world, and I just, my, my initial response is like, I wish I could just throw this up on a story and tell everyone in the world the kind of BS I have to deal with on a regular basis yeah. because people are just so dang cruel. Mm-hmm. And then I have to stop myself. And I have to say, no, 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 no. That is not how I'm going to respond. Okay. First of all, if I even do comment back to this person, I'm going to be kind. Second of all, I'm probably just going to put it out and realize like this is, I don't, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. And third of all, the way that we interact with the people who disagree with us tells us exactly how, one, how prideful we are and two, how confident we are in our own decisions. It's interesting because this idea of being confident. And I would say 
where do you feel you find your confidence? Because everyone's not going to be like, all right, well, what am I confident in? Am I co- I'm confident in my parenting. And I, and I would say, yeah, cool. I, I, I'm sure that you are. And then someone's going to make a statement and you're going to be rattled a little bit because yeah. I would say that there's very few things that I would be that, quote unquote, confident in. And I think it has a lot more to do with humility. Mm-hmm. Being humble enough to recognize that, you know, you don't need to defend every single thing you do and you you might not have it all figured out mm-hmm. you're probably better off saying you know dad, you know dad that's a good suggestion i'll take it into consideration and um, appreciate it the the because at the end of the day drawing boundaries man I, that's a buzzword isn't it it is a bit of a buzzword boundaries. i know you have a problem with it gotta draw boundaries when in reality it's like i feel like you don't need boundaries you need you need healthier relationships I'm going to assume, I don't know anything about her father, but I'm going to assume he's not someone that can have a rational conversation about that. Okay. Because well, I think in those instances, you have to set boundaries. Uh, okay. And, and maybe there are that maybe there are points in time where things get so wild, you have to draw a line. Mm-hmm. But that's like, that's like my last case. Like, that's like the last scenario for me. That's like the last option. That's like, we're at red alert at this point and we have to draw a boundary. At that point, yeah, you're gonna be conf- you're gonna be confident in yourself at that point because you've you've got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. If this is someone that's in your life, because I just didn't want people to whirl away from this, being like, I need to go, I'm gonna go set boundaries right now. I'm gonna go set some boundaries. I'm gonna talk to so and so, set some boundaries. Find what my you, boss and set some you, boundaries. I'm gonna go, you... go find my wife, my my husband. I'm gonna establish some boundaries. My parents, my in laws, boundaries. Everything's boundaries. And I'm like. Man, boundaries are great, I guess. But uh, I don't know. The buzzword of boundaries just bothers me. I think that relationships think, are way better. What do you think people are really meaning when they say they need to set a boundary? I think sometimes it's... I think sometimes boundary is a is a good excuse for a lack of desire to deal with the problem. Mm, like self-protection. It's like, man, you know, I need to, I need to have some better work-life boundaries balance right i have some better work and life boundaries where my work doesn't bleed into my life so yep at five o'clock i turn my phone off it's cool yeah that's fine what if there's a project that depends on you Mm -hmm. what about then well boundaries it's like but your job is to get the work done Mm -hmm. well my boundaries it's like okay so if you've got no place where you need boundaries then you don't have a great relationship with your boss or with your your colleagues Mm. or with your work. Yeah. If your relationship with your work is so toxic that you have to 100% stop it at a certain hour every day. That stinks. I don't want that for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to get a different job. Mm-hmm. I want you to get a job where, man, <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, some days I work a little bit longer than I should. Others, I don't have to work as long. Or, you know, um, I have a great relationship with my boss. We, we depend on each other. We can take care of each other. There's days where he's recognized that I've gotten the job done and she then reaches out to me and says, hey, you've been doing a great job. Uh, I need you to take tomorrow off. You've been working really hard. Like That's where a relationship can take you. Because if you have a good relationship with your with your superior or with your colleagues, you don't want them to burn out, right? Because that's what the boundaries, the tech is, is supposed to, it's supposed to be a boundary that will help you perform better. At mm-hmm. life and at work. But if the boundary is there because you just want to have boundaries, it's like, what's the purpose of the boundary? And I would say that relationships, culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? If you've ever heard that term, it's also a book, I believe. But culture eats strategy for breakfast. You can have a strategy of boundaries, guidelines, frameworks, processes, systems. But man, if everybody's pissed, not happy, man. You have a bad culture. Okay, so I'm going to take this into the home context. Mm. Okay, so if I need boundaries with my kids, because, you know, we live and work and school all from home, Mm -hmm. then you're encouraging me to build up the relationship with each of my kids or maybe identify the oldest kid and have a specific relationship with her. Say, hey, I need your help Mm -hmm. in this. I definitely want to reward you for your efforts and your time and your work. And I know that you're doing a big 
you're doing us a big favor here. And instead of saying, hey, from the hours of, you know, one to three every day, we're doing school. And then the hours of three to five, I'm doing work. This is a boundary. Like that wouldn't be. That deadlines be. are different than boundaries. I'm not talking about deadlines. I'm just well, saying. Well, you were saying we do schoolwork from these times to these times. I don't call those boundaries. But so, you, oh, okay. but I think the boundaries that you were suggesting potentially are like, hey, I know that we have this and we share this. Hey, we want to have a, let's call it a boundary in this scenario where our kids don't bother us early in the morning when you and I are having coffee talking like about what we're going to accomplish that day and et cetera, right? And it's, it can be frustrating when our kids are like, we just want to be out there with you and we're going to talk to you about, you know, who knows, toilet paper while you're trying to talk about. Even though you've already cooked us breakfast and said good morning and spent time with us and filled our cup. Totally. And it's like, man, mom and dad want to go outside and talk for 15 minutes and have coffee before it gets cold. Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, I think that would be the greatest example that would be hard to deal with from this perspective. Right. Because the easy way is to do what very, very um, honestly I often do. And that's, hey, y'all can't be out here. Go inside, right? Draw the boundary line. Mm-hmm. And what I would ask you the question is, is that what do boundaries do for kids? Uh, they make them mad, but okay. I don't know. They set expectations. So it's like you could skip the boundary and you could go straight to the expectation and say, mm-hmm. hey, kids, there's going to be a time during today where me and mom are going to go outside and have coffee, just the two of us. Is that okay? But that's but that's that's approaching it from a relational perspective. Now mm-hmm. we don't do this. So I'm thinking about this clearly right now because there's no kids around me, right? There's also the issue of setting boundaries for kids is basically like saying go away, right? It's now I'm saying that phrase setting boundaries for kids. You can have boundaries or rules that kids have to live by. These are also expectations. We have expectations for our kids that they don't just leave the house in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. They would get in trouble and be disciplined for doing something that could potentially risk their safety. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not getting to that point. So children have a little bit of a different dynamic than peer-to-peer relationships do because there's a social responsibility that a peer-to-peer relationship has where you manage the social, the, the kind of responsibility of the child's well-being. And there are things that they don't understand because they are younger. Mm-hmm. And I would say that all kids mature differently. So for kids, there is a little bit of a difference there. So when I feel kind of triggered by the buzzword of boundaries, it's primarily from a, you know, adult to adult, adult to work, adult to, you know, whatever setting boundaries is it's like man if you have to set boundaries with you and your phone you need to have a better relationship with your phone mm. mm-hmm. it's like what do you mean you set boundaries so every time you pick it up it's going to be toxic to you but i but i but i limit the time it's like every time i pick up my phone i'm looking at stuff online i really shouldn't be looking at but i limit it to 45 minutes a night it's like what no don't do that I'd rather you look at it for an hour and a half a day and you have a good relationship with your phone. Mm-hmm. It's funny. You're, you, know, you and your wife are laughing about stuff. It's your entertainment. You're learning. You're, you're digesting content that's good for you. And relationship is, is just, I think relationship eats boundaries for breakfast mm. to kind of steal that term. And, and that's interesting too because it, it kind of bleeds into the other frustration I sometimes see online about how like having boundaries for your kids around the foods they eat mm-hmm. like you shouldn't do that like I've even heard like people say like well I would never tell my husband he has to finish his food why would I tell my kids that mm-hmm. it's like mm, what like no these are different relationships okay yeah. I'm not saying like you can establish expectations on children just as society has expectations on us Mm-hmm. Okay, we're training our kids to be adults someday. And so we have to implement expectations on them that help them become used to that to be a normal human in society. Mm-hmm. 
if we just have a laissez-faire way of training our children, then they are, they're going to roll into society and be a crim- criminal. Mm-hmm. Because they're not used to having expectations and consequences. So I don't go out and drive my car on the left side of the road here in America. The, <laughs> you can call it a boundary if you want to. Call whatever you want. I don't do that. I drive on the right side of the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So for our kids, it's getting kids capable of digesting something. It's also getting them capable of identifying where there may be th- expectations that are being set that we don't agree with. Yeah. There's so much we have to do for our kids. There's so much we have to do for our kids. It's 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 a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So for me this all started because Brené Brown said that she set an expectation for her dad of or a boundary for her dad of Well, I think you could call it an expectation too. Of for him. of hey, like I don't want you to tell me about this sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm again. Which as, maybe she reached a point. Like I said before. I think she probably. Boundaries did. have to be the last case scenario. Oh, totally. Drawing a line in the sand is a, I've tried everything else and now I have to draw a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. Or, or it needs to be like life and death scenario. Hey, kids, I'm drawing a line. You cannot just go run up towards the street. It's like, why am I drawing that line? Because it, I can't risk just once. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you right now, when my kid pushes a, a, a stool over towards the refrigerator and it's kind of precariously placed, I think to myself, hmm, they fall. They could, they, could, they could fall and land on their bottom and cry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. But then they would learn not to set a stool up in a precarious way. I can say over to them, hey, are you being careful? Mm-hmm. Just to get them thinking about it. But I like to analyze the situation and think about the relationship and let them have some learnings on their own before I go straight to the boundary line. So let me ask you this. Do you think that children are doing the best they can with the tools they currently have? It's interesting because kids are so selfish. You know, but those are the tools they have. That's the toolbox. That's what I'm saying. That's the whole premise. Like you're mm-hmm. answering the question, but then you're also like zooming past it. So for me. No, that's good. I think you're right. I think maybe they are doing the best they can. Looking at my kids and saying when they're having absolute meltdown, which mm-hmm. frankly doesn't happen that often. But when they're having an absolute meltdown because they are frustrated in that moment, they're not setting out to be like, I'm going to just completely blow up mom and dad's stress right now and mm-hmm. just be the worst. That's the best they can do with the tools they have. So that should be a wake up sign to you and me. Wow. Let's help equip them. That's interesting. I like that. What tools can we give them? And I'm telling you right now, this applies to adults because, mm-hmm. and, and when I go back to the grief example, this is what I mean. Like, if you, have, if you have someone in your life who throughout this episode, you've been like, oh, I'm thinking of this person that is like not doing the best they can. Da, 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 da. And then you ask yourself, what if that is the reality? And what does that mean? And, and you might stumble upon like, man, that means that they might never realize their full potential in life. They might never get there. Hmm. And that is sad. Right. It's not that you have to be mad at them because they just don't have enough willpower. and They're not trying. It's that they no one has come into their life and at a time where they are receptive to it and they might never reach their full potential. And that Mm. stinks. This is good. You know, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to be thinking about that in in these three areas. One with our kids. I'm going to assume they're doing the best they can with the tools they have so that I can then be hyper aware how I can help them because it's going to be unveiling some of the pain points of parenting. It already mm-hmm. is. This is all we kind of already talk about this when we talk about adaptive parenting online. When I get those like hate comments, <laughs> those like posts yeah. about me, like tagging me, calling me some kind of wellness influencer. I'm like, bro, who are you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that's the best he can do with the tools he has right now. It stinks. It stinks that that's his best because it's hurting people like me. I'm hurt by that. 
but I I can be more objective, mm. I guess, is the point. that That's the power that this question gives me mm. personally. And then with the people in the community who just in general, when I'm thinking about how at home grown, like what are we doing here? Like what's our purpose? Well, we have this podcast and we have a YouTube and we're, we're writing new resources and we really want to um, – get some travel in and do some like meetups with folks. Why mm-hmm. is that? Well, I want to give people tools mm-hmm. is because that desire? What's they're the desire? already doing the best they can. Yeah, they're already doing it and they don't have the next step. They can't take the next step up unless we infuse some sort of change, unless we equip them with knowledge and information. And it doesn't just have to be you and me. It's mm-hmm. just in general, like that's how you level up, right? You get a new tool whether that tool comes from a friend or a parent or a teacher or a podcast, it doesn't matter. But the whole goal of homegrown is not, you're not doing enough to do better. It's you're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. Let's get let's get even more tools in your toolbox. That's outstanding. And it's a great transition as we wrap this thing up today. We're doing a lot. We're doing so much. We have a podcast. <laughs> you know that because you're listening to it right now. We have a YouTube channel. And we really love it. I, I don't think we say that enough. I think sometimes we allude to the fact that we're working really hard. And we are, but we really, really love it. And we're so stinking grateful. Like, no no amount of hate online is ever going to make me forget about the incredible community Dude. that we have. People are meeting up with each other. They're like, oh, you're, you're in the homegrown community. They're baking sourdough together. They're sending each other the sourdough guide. They're homeschooling their kids together using our curriculum. Like, mm-hmm. it's not by me and Joe's power by any means, but it's just that we've created this space and people have filled it and those people are freaking awesome. We've got a YouTube channel. Homegrown underscore education on YouTube. Check us out. Creating content for you. We are launching our homegrown podcast soon. It's coming up. What do you mean? We already have a podcast. The Real Food Journey Experience. Oh. <laughs> like, what? It's going to be like new stuff. Don't know exactly how it's going to be. It's a new series. Something we haven't tried before. Interviewing the community. People like you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have s- our first recording on the schedule. We have our first recording on the schedule. It's very so exciting. So bringing some community members on to talk about their real food journey, the the, the bumps along the way, the, the successes. And um, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And if you submitted and you didn't receive an email from us, don't panic because we literally have only contacted the first person. We're t- doing a slow trickle We're, here so we don't overwhelm our podcast manager and we don't overwhelm ourselves. We don't overwhelm you. It's also, you know, when you get like a hundred videos of people telling their stories. You want to digest Let's them. say it's a three to five minute video. We're talking about 400 minutes of yeah. video footage that we have to digest in a very thoughtful way. Yeah. And remember so that we can, anyways, so that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the scenario there. So uh, real food journeys kind of series is coming up. Can't wait for that. We haven't really ever done like a series on this channel, on this podcast before. Yeah. And here it comes. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a complete disaster. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think so. Hazelmeyer Goods, shoptheh.com. The bread box is coming. Okay, gang. It's launching this week. So it, you got to get on our email list at hazelmeyergoods.com, shoptheh.com. Either one of those will take you to the same place. Yeah, the homegrown email list will not take you to the same place. So get on the shop the H email list to find out when these things are being sold. We So listen, we built these things... 100% from scratch, like bought raw material, raw wood, things that had to be planed down, smoothed out, refinished. We did not go to the Home Depot and buy lumber and, and like slap it together. Well, we didn't build it. We hired a master carpenter. Understood. Too. And they were all handmade. It took way more effort than we expected. <laughs> Therefore, which is why we don't have very many. We don't have a ton of them. Okay. I, this is why I'm saying this. this is, I'm not. Like, this is not like a sales pitch to try to like, I really mean it. If you want one of these things, get on the email list. And when the email goes out and you find out when they're being sold, this is like a wait until the minute before they launch sort of scenario. Okay, gang? Otherwise, you're just, I really don't want you to think that there's just going to be lingering around. Mm-hmm. And this is the only time we're selling them. So if you're like, hey, I can't do it now. I wouldn't say the only time. But for, right now, for, the, for in the foreseeable season? future, we don't have another order yet. 
because the amount of effort that goes into them is just so significant. We do have a we do have the plans of the of the bread box, and we do have a desire to make a bunch more in the future. It's just um, this first batch is limited. The first batch is very limited, and mm-hmm. we don't have a, a a precise time of when the next ones will be ready. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I guess for this holiday season, I'm saying most likely for this holiday season, this is the, these are the only ones you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, most likely, almost certainly, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm saying that because I'm working really hard to make sure that we can get more of them. And um, we're, we're running into a lot of roadblocks to make something this awesome. Yeah. And this well-crafted is, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. Shoutthe.h.com. We've got all kinds of stuff on there. Coffee, tea, soap. We're going to, we're, we're coming up with a degreaser bar here soon. The charcoal bar of soap mm-hmm. cuts grease. It's outstanding. It gets you some of that. We've got uh, the raw milk bar soap. More Restocking of those coming in. shortly, yeah. We've and got other stuff I don't want you to accidentally say on air because we haven't announced it yet. Other stuff coming. But we just had a meeting where we were talking about... Really excited. ...at least five new products that we are dropping. Um. So, yeah, go follow Hazelmeyer Goods on Instagram. Get on the shoptheh.com email list and get yourself some good stuff. Yeah. Our final little bit here, and we talked about it previously, but I don't think that episode has aired yet, is that the algorithm of the podcast is so heavily driven by ratings and reviews that if you want to help equip other people too and you like this podcast, we've been launching it every single drop week. Drop us a like, drop us a review, get this thing out there, get it recommended for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, Tell your brother, sister, aunt, mother about it. Whoever. Get them in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Leave a rating and review. Super helpful. You want to follow follow us on Instagram? You can do that. Don't know why you would, but you could. <laughs> I'm at Joey Hazelmeyer. Elizabeth is at Liz Hazelmeyer, and we're at Homegrown underscore Education. Am I forgetting anything? We got nutrition curriculum at homegrowneducation.org. You can you can uh, get your kids in the game. Coloring books to um, nutrition curriculum for the school year or beyond. We've got what's for dinner. Get you in the game making real food from scratch everything from shopping lists to recipes meal plans all squared away what's for breakfast same concept and more to come more educational content to come on homegrown education so Mm -hmm. till next time that's a wrap